That's what we call a vision match, right? Now, the beautiful thing about a conversation is this unfolds naturally because everything we do is reverse engineered from what we call the value buying process, but it's literally how the human brain works. And it's driven by open, probe, and confirmed questions. So all we want to do is have the curiosity, right? Have the curiosity to know we're trying to determine is there a way we can do work and leverage the framework that we teach people so that we can kind of map where the conversation is and inspect it with what we call the QP formula in order to determine is this something that's going to allow us to get to a mutual win-win. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal of what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right, where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Okay, welcome, welcome. This is episode 50 of the Get Real About Business podcast. I'm Clive Maloney. And today we are talking about, I think, one of the most critical subjects in sales and marketing. And if you're running a small business right now, this is a topic that's going to mean massive to you because this is all about how you move from a casual conversation to talking business. And you know what it's like if you're at a conference or a business networking event, or you just bump into someone somewhere and you start having a conversation and you realize after a bit of a chat that you realize that this person might be a prospect for you. But there's something there that you think, like, okay, they could really do with my help or possibly do with my help. But what I don't want to do is end up being the pushy sales guy or the pushy saleswoman. I don't want to put this person off. They've just met me or maybe we've known each other for a while, but we've not got up to this stage of talking business. And they haven't asked me. If they haven't asked me, am I being too pushy to ask? So today we talk about how you go from having this casual conversation where you're just getting to know someone to saying, look, you know, you've got an issue that I can help you with. Let's talk business. Now, my guest today is an award-winning sales and marketing and business strategist with over 20 years of proven results in driving revenue growth, facilitating market expansion and building high performance teams. Selected by Colorado Biz Magazine as one of the top 25 most powerful salespeople and by Training Magazine as a 2018 top five emerging training leader, my guest today is a sought-after and trusted advisor to global companies, partnering with them to optimize sales and drive predictable revenue growth. He was founder of Value Prime Solutions, and in 2018, the company was recognized with the Gold Stevie Award for Sales Training Company of the Year and Bronze Stevie Award for Sales Consultancy of the Year. If there was ever a better person to lead you in the conversation today, I really can't think who. Chad Sanderson, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I really, we got to trim down that intro. That's so self-serving, but yeah. <laughs> All true, but all true. But man, it just, it's hard to sit here and listen to it. But you know, it, it never feels so bad when somebody else is saying it, surely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always interesting. It's, it's always interesting. I, it's just, uh, yeah, nature of the beast. It's just fun. Oh, brilliant. Well, it's, it's excellent having you on the show today. And as we were just talking just before we got going, uh, I am a big fan of your podcast because listeners listen to the show right now should know that Chad runs his own podcast called the B2B Revenue Experience. It's, it's really good. There's loads of tips there if you're, you're into increasing your sales. And of course, you know, hey, if you're listening to this, then you probably are. 
Now, one of the things that I really like you doing on this is that when you start your podcast, when you're speaking to a guest, you often start with a random question. And I thought I'd have a bit of fun today and get my own back and, and give a random question to you. All right, let's do it. So you're ready for this. Uh, let's try. <laughs> so Don't Chad, know where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Chad, what is your favorite TV program and what does it say about you? Oh, my favorite TV. So that's, I mean, you know, I'm, I am right now obsessed with The Rook on Stars. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's seriously popular or not. I do a lot of travel, right? So I need things that I can download and, and things like that. But it's basically, uh, it's like, uh, it's set in, in England. Uh, it's about spies that have special abilities. It's all, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit of Marvel universe. It's a little bit about, you know, the geopolitical climate. And if what it says about me, other than I probably have been through all of Netflix and now I've moved on to stars, so I watch too much TV because I travel too much, uh, is that uh, for me, uh, the beauty of sales and marketing and, and what I do is the creativity aspect of it uh, is, is critical, but it is all grounded in the ability to connect other people and drive results. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I've never heard of that program. I'm definitely into Marvel and all that kind of thing, but... Uh... Yeah, they call they don't call them superheroes in that show. They're EVAs, so extra something abilities, and they're like one percent, one of every. I don't know. It's like it's really rare, and it's just this interesting espionage. You never know who's got uh, an ability or what that ability may be. Like one of the one of the characters has the ability to change the chemical composition of of oxygen. So. Uh, around like basically suffocate somebody without that or turn the air into truth serum. So they, t- they teach you, they tell you the truth. And there's another one that can conduct electricity through her skin, but it's not overblown, like high Marvel stuff. It's just worked into the, it's just kind of worked into the fabric of that reality. It's just, uh, it's, yeah. it's suspenseful and fun. Yeah. I love it. So I'm going to have to add that to my one to watch list. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I could talk with you about Marvel superheroes all day. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's get on and talk about business because this is what we're here for today. And going back to what I said at the start of the show, there is this real issue going on. And, and believe me, I have felt it many, many times in the past. I, you know, I've been running my business for coming on for nine years now, and it's not an issue I experience anymore. But uh, I suppose there's maybe there are still times in which it comes across and it's something that I hear people talk about again and again and again. How do you start to transition from casual conversations to business conversations? And what I want to know first of all from you, Chad, if you would, is what is it that makes having a sales conversation really difficult for us? Why is it difficult to get these conversations started? Well, I think the vast, the, the, the number one thing, and I don't think this will be new for most of your listeners is, you know, we don't, I'll wake up in the morning and go, man, I hope I put myself in a situation where I could get rejected over and over and over. I mean, I think most of us spend most of our lives attempting to better ourselves in our environment and what we're into uh, so that we can reduce rejection, reduce friction. But in a sales conversation, we're tasked with 
a goal. We have something we have to accomplish for our employer or for our own business. Um, you know, anybody can say, hey, I'm running a business, but if it's not generating revenue, then are you really running a business? So in order to do that, we have to have conversations. We have to find people that will pay us for what we're providing. And I think that creates a dynamic of uh, a little bit of fear, right? There's that fear of rejection like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with that fear, there's also uncertainty. Not certain how that person may respond, not certain if they even have problems that we can solve or if they're going to be interested. I mean, there are worse things than just the rejection. It's like talking to someone and them going, oh, well, that's, that's cute. Right. And then, you know, you, you feel then it's not just about rejecting you for the attempt to sell. It's rejecting the idea you're bringing to market. So there's a lot of fear that I think gets, that's, gets caught up in it. And there's a lot of, I mean, I'm just going to be completely candid. There's a lot of crappy advice out there on how to sell. Like there's, you know, it's one of the reasons why I like talking to you. We need to be, we need people to be real, right? And I think in order sometimes for people to get over that fear of rejection, fear of the uncertainty or the impact of the idea or product that they're bringing to the market, they have a tendency to build this persona, this, this non-authentic way of approaching individuals. And that just gets in the way. It pushes people away. It doesn't generate the results. Um, and it's kind of like flailing. You know, you get thrown into a swimming pool and you're flailing rather than truly just elegantly treading water. And it's not that much different. You're doing the same thing. You're just doing the motions a little bit differently. That's really interesting you mentioned that because especially when you, you picked up on that point about persona, now, one of the things that I went through is that when I first started my business, there was this whole thing about like imposter syndrome. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, you're starting this, this business and you know you need, the, you need the business, you need the work. And there's a level of trying to be bigger than what you're at because you know that you need the work and you know that you're going to have to ask somebody for something. And so what tends to happen is that you feel like you've got to put on this persona to be the expert, the consultant, the specialist. You can go out and help people. And inside, you know that you haven't got everything figured out. And you're kind of playing it by ear a little bit. (laughs) And you're worried about getting found out. But at the same time, you've got to come across confident. Because you know, if you don't come across confident, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. Exactly. Exactly. It's true. It's very true that, you know, we get, and it sounds, especially for anybody and anybody in your audience who's listening to my podcast or, or has ever had the opportunity to meet me will know that this, this coming out of my mouth sounds a little touchy feely, but it is true that you get back what you put out. So if you are confident, if you are uh, willing to admit what you know, and more importantly, what you don't, and demonstrate the critical thinking ability to be able to solve problems, that's more impactful to people. It's more sought after than just saying, hey, I have the answer. Because anybody who just walks in and says they has the, an- has the answer hasn't been paying attention to, to begin with, right? This is a, the world we live in, the business world that we're in, this is collaboration. We all bring something to the table and the ability to consistently converse to connect to somebody else's perspective and find a way to drive alignment is the skill that drives sales and revenue conversations. Not the, Hey, check out the cool new widget I've got. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Of course, what you're talking about here is mindset. And we know that mindset is very powerful for just about everything you do in life. I think it also needs a framework or, you know, an approach. And I remember when I first started to get to grips with sales, one of the things for me was one is about the mindset. I had to get over this whole thing about like, well, who the hell am I? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
And then the second thing was actually ha- kind of having some kind of steer for, for knowing how I, I progressed through a conversation. And especially when you go into uncharted waters, like having a business conversation when like before perhaps you were talking business about somebody else's business and what you did there. And, and now if you're a new business, then you can't, you have to make that up. So, you know, I think that having a framework is really important. So what I'm hoping to get from you today, Chad, is a little bit about the mindset required, but also if you'd share some really good stuff for us on framework and, and how we actually lead someone through a conversation. Absolutely. Would that be okay? yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it. Let's do it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right, well, let's start on the mindset, okay? So if we don't get that right and our words and our feelings aren't in alignment, I know that we're going to struggle. So you've talked about it a little already. How would you prepare yourself for having a conversation? Or maybe you find yourself in a casual conversation. How do you get in you know, the right frame of mind? Yeah, so th- this is, and this is a challenge, honestly, it's one I still struggle with. I am not your world's best networker. Like I, I go to a network meeting, I, I can think of a hundred other places I would rather be. Um, but what we have to do is we have to understand, you know, a lot of salespeople, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that are really focused on how much money I'm producing are focused on how much money I'm producing. And so that becomes, now, if you're an entrepreneur, it's because I need to keep the lights on. I need to pay my mortgage. I need to, I need to get the business up. Or if you have, if you're a smaller company, you have employees, right? If you're a larger company, it's, oh, how do I, how do I make sure I can continue to pay all the employees I have and hit the targets I gave to Wall Street? We all have this tendency to focus, focus, focus on the revenue. Well, that's great. But that focus creates a mindset that drives a conversation that nobody really wants to have. I mean, it's a dirty little secret. I hate to put it out there. So the easiest thing that I have found, and I found it to be extremely effective, is to apply curiosity. Like you need to be truly curious. And every conversation you have is an opportunity to learn. It's not an opportunity to sell. It's not an opportunity to close. It's an opportunity to learn. To learn about that other individual's perspective, the challenges that they're facing, what is it that made them go into that work in the first place? What are the things that they want to see? You know, what is their goal long-term? True curiosity about individuals and business. And if you have that mindset, if you can switch to, I'm just truly curious about other people, then what is much easier and much more natural is flowing with a framework that helps drive the identification of potential opportunities to collaborate together. Yeah. Which is really interesting because we think about when we create a business, the first things we're thinking about is, okay, so what products am I going to create? What's my business going to be like? What are the features of my product? And we think about all the products and the the things that we're going to sell and how it works and what my terms and everything are. And so when we go into a business conversation, the first thing we're thinking about is, what am I going to tell them about all that I'm creating here? Right. And we don't want to do that. We want to switch it. We want to be creative. We want to be creative. We want to take our creativity, but wait until we've satiated our curiosity to connect the two. Because look, everybody puts their heart and soul into the business or what they're doing. Everybody, I mean, most people are extremely passionate about what they want to do. Now, the other challenge is that most of us like to talk about ourselves all the time. Now, what we need to do is slow down, just slow the hell down and ask some questions, ask some questions, feed the curiosity. Because once you, once you feed the curiosity, then it isn't a, it isn't a sales call. It isn't a, oh, oh man, am I going to be able to get revenue out of this person? It's literally, do they have problems I can help them solve? 
And that subtle, subtle shift changes the way you approach someone, the questions you ask. It gives the ability for you to have a very casual conversation and then naturally move it to business should that opportunity present itself, should there be a match between what that other individual is looking for and what you can bring to the market. Yeah, so that's great. You start with curiosity, genuine curiosity. Ask questions, find stuff out. And then in the course of doing so, you're simply looking out to find, do they have a problem that I can solve for them? Right. And if so, I suppose the next logical thing to do is say something to the effect of, do you know what? I could help you with that and find out if they have some kind of interest in having that problem solved. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd, I'd even go one step further. And this is where the framework portion comes in, right? We talk That's a little right. bit about mindset. We need to know, so we also need a goal. We need to know where we want to go in a conversation. But I'm not talking about just like where we want to go with our business. I'm talking about as we're having a conversation, my goal is first and foremost, satiate my curiosity. Second, to identify, is there an opportunity for us to work together? In order to consistently do that and consistently move through a conversation, you start with the curiosity and they say, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. Um, I'm just going to kind of make it up right off the fly. So just bear with me. But let's just say you're talking to a chief marketing officer and they're like, yeah, I'm focused on, you know, my boss came in and said, I have to increase number of leads through digital channels by 10% in the next six months, right? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a hell of a goal. So, you know, what problems are getting in the way of that? Well, I don't have the right people. You know, my staff's really, they don't understand the current marketplace. They don't understand how the digital channels all work together. Um, we've got some internal processes that I think are the slowest down. Um, and, you know, in our tech stack, we've got way too many solutions, uh, we, we've got product that I pay for that I don't even know what it does. And, and so you say, okay, so you're, you're telling me that the, you know, those people, the challenges with your staff and the, the process and, and the technology, that's, that's what's getting in the way of you achieving that goal. Yeah, yeah, I'm really focused on it. And you, know, you may ask some more clarifying questions. You may ask some more probing questions to understand more. But at some point, instead of saying, hey, what if I could solve those problems? What if you turned it around and said to them, what do you think the optimal solution is? And they say, well, I, what I need to do is I need to get my team trained up. I need to find a way to streamline my process. And I need to really condense the number of platforms I have. They just told you what they're looking for instead of us trying to tell them what they need. And that subtle shift, right? That understanding, just having a casual conversation started in curiosity, focused on what is the number one thing that individual is, is targeting right now. That's what we call a business issue, time-bound, quantifiable. Uh, and this is part of the framework that we teach organizations, right? So that business issue is the time-bound, quantifiable thing they're focused on. And then the number of problems, what are the problems as they see them? And then the solution as they see them. That's what we call a vision match, right? Now, the beautiful thing about a conversation is this unfolds naturally because everything we do is reverse engineered from what we call the value buying process, but it's literally how the human brain works. And it's driven by open, probe, and confirm questions. So all we want to do is have the curiosity, right? Have the curiosity to know we're trying to determine is there a way we can do work and leverage the framework that we teach people so that we can kind of map where the conversation is and inspect it with what we call the QP formula in order to determine is this something that's going to allow us to get to a mutual win-win. And so instead of telling them, hey, I can solve the problem, let's, get, let's ask them what their perspective, because everybody today has access to this tool called Google and they instantly think they know everything when really what's happening is they're being, they're being overloaded with information and we need to help them parse through it and help give them, you know, help them, help Sherpa them, guide them to an optimal solution that they've already started to define. 
Yeah, I love that. That's really good. Uh, so many questions. I just want to come back to this curiosity because it's something that struck me as you were talking there is that when I did my coach training uh, diploma many, many years ago, one of the things that was taught to us to uh, basically to get clients is what you do is you go away and you offer these free discovery sessions and in there you would uh, you'd use a pain and pleasure you know, method and you'd, yeah. you'd say, what's your pain and you know, where do you want to get? What we were taught is essentially asking a lot of different questions that you would in sales and marketing anyway, you know, what, you know, what's your issue? Um, but I remember going away and doing it and finding the whole thing quite manipulative. It, it felt like I was asking. <laughs> the thing was, I realized that actually I'm asking it for me. Right. You know, when I'm asking these questions, I'm doing it because I'm deliberately touching and prodding the pain. And then I realized that actually you do want to do these things in coaching and in sales to a certain extent. You, you want to find out, is there an issue? Is that an issue you want to solve? Um, and certainly coaching is very much like that. It's about helping people uh, find the issues that they've got in their, their life that they want to do something about and then give them a reason to move away from them if that obviously serves them. Absolutely. But it's, but it's, but that's born. And just like you said, that's born yeah. from our side. And, yeah. and today we have to be, we have to be truly focused on uncovering another individual's perspective. Cause the minute somebody feels like they're being sold to, they shut down. Nobody wants to be sold to hell. I've been in sales for 20 years. I don't want to be sold to, like, I, no. you know, I mean, I love talking to salespeople, but for me, it's, it's more about, you know, let's have a conversation like, Hey, I got a problem. I don't know how to solve it or help me understand. You've worked with a lot of people like me before. What other problems have you seen that I'm not missing that I'm not seeing because it's the unknowns, right? That are the danger, especially being an entrepreneur in any business. And what has a tendency to happen is as I go to solve problems or anybody goes to solve problems is you think you've got a view of the entire problem set, which often is not the case because we're all moving too fast. Easiest way to uncover that is to ask the questions. But here's the interesting part. Um, I don't know if your audience is familiar with Gong.io. Gong.io records sales calls on the back of um, Salesforce, applies some AI and stuff. Really cool tech. But they have this thing, uh, they have a component of business called Gong Labs. And what they found was, in doing some research and analysis as they listened to over 4 million sales calls, was that you ideally can only ask between 11 and 13 questions before somebody starts to get annoyed. And that's hmm. if you're at the director, SVP, you know, uh, you know, say early vice president, associate vice president, or down level, you get above that, you can ask three to five questions. Now, everybody goes, oh, well, that's 11 to 14 questions. That sounds like a lot. Well, uh, no, it's not. it's not. It's not a lot of questions. So we have to be precise. And we have to be consistent in the way we apply our curiosity through our mindset in the questions that we ask. And in order to do that, you need a framework that's going to keep you honest, that's going to keep you focused, that's going to keep us from, you know, back in the day, we used to call it showing up and throwing up, right? That was like, everything, everything is a discipline these days. And you want to be focused on having the conversations. Framework to help you map the conversation is absolutely critical. Yeah. This is the perfect time to move on to that framework then, if you would then, Chad. Uh, you've already mentioned a couple of things in terms of being time-bound and quantifiable. You said there's this thing called the QP formula. Can you take us through some kind of framework that will help us have these conversations? Yeah, so let me, so I want to set, so in order to do this, I want to set a little context. I've learned the hard way that it's better if I set this. So what we do, and this isn't, I'm not, this isn't an ad for me. This is literally to give you context. The way we approach is there's really six fundamentals in sales, things like people buy from people, right? You can't sell to somebody, can't buy. 
Um, people make emotional buying decisions and justify it with logic, right? We've got six of them. None of them are rocket science, but they are a constant reminder of the fact that we are doing a human to human connection. Okay. Those five or excuse me, six principles are, they come to life from what we call the value buying process, which is the way the human brain literally solves problems. We map our primary tool called a value prompter, which is what I'm going to walk you through. It's the most visual part of, of the framework. We map right. that to this value buying process and we inspect it with what we call the qualified prospect formula to determine where our gaps are. So we know after that initial conversation at the networking event that started out with creativity and it moves into an opportunity for us to do business, now we know what other things we owe, other questions we have to ask in order to get to that point in time where they're going to realize the value that's going to inspire them to buy. So there's four components in what we do. Six principles, value buying process, value prompter, and QP formula. Very, very simple. But if we think about this in practice, I said, you know, we've talked a little bit about business issue. The first field on our little value prompter tool, I'll, I'll get you a picture of one so you can put one up. But essentially, it's literally first field is a contact. And the, and the important thing about that is every individual you talk to is going to have a different view of the number one thing they should be focused on, their associated problems, their view of the solution. So we have a tendency to, whether we're entrepreneur, whether we're small and medium biz, whether we're enterprise, people have a tendency to anthropomorphize an account. They think of accounts or opportunities almost as we would individuals. And that's not true. Organizations have objectives, right? They have organizational objectives. But in order to achieve those objectives, each individual inside that organization has something they have to get done to contribute to that. And it's going to be different. It's going to be different for a CMO than it's going to be for a CFO. And it may be different at the time in life of the, of the, of the company. And so first and foremost, it's contact and role. Then it's what is the number one thing that person's focused on? In a conversation that we're having at a cocktail party or wherever, it's just simply, hey, what's the, you know, what's the number one thing you're focused on at work right now? It's that simple. And then once they give you that, we want it to be time-bound and quantifiable. This allows us to drive urgency. It allows us to also determine, is there going to be enough impact from what we do if to, for us to do business? And then we're going to move into problem and solution. So what are the problems that are getting in the way? And what is their ideal view of the solution? And once we have that, once they say, hey, this is the thing I'm focused on and have to get done in this certain amount of time. These are the problems I have this is what I want in the solution. We call that a vision match, which is exactly what they're going to tell all of your competition should they be actively searching for something. What we want to do is then create a differentiated vision match by probing, creating probing questions like, hey, have you ever struggled with multiple technologies inside your organization? Yeah, that's a huge problem for me. Great. Has anyone shown you how we can uniquely provide one solution to rule them all and reduce your overall per head costs of, of fees? No, nobody's seen that, but I'd love to see it. So now I just differentiate. I added a problem that I knew they probably had because I know their space and got them to commit to that they want, they want a part, as, that as part of the solution. And then it becomes about value. Is there enough value for the organization, not only for the company, but for the individual? So then the next you know, probing question and value would be, hey, if we were able to reduce the 10 platforms you're using in your MarTech stack down to one, how would you quantify the impact of that to your organization? Now I'm getting them to tell me what the value is instead of me saying, hey, this is the value, right? We want their perspective. And then we also ask about the personal motivators. 
Then once we get through that and they say, yeah, you know what? These problems that I've told you I need solved and these elements of the solution I need to have are going to generate this type of value. Then it's as simple as who else, who else is impacted? Who needs to be involved? And then that's what we call power. And then the, and then the plan portion is literally by when do you need to see the results? Not when do you close the contract? Not when do you implement? But what was that original time-bound quantifiable element you gave us? And let's work the plan backwards from there. So that comes yeah. to life in our value prompter. And it is a, I'll make sure you guys have a visual of it, but it is the most flexible. I call it the, the Leatherman or the multi-tool of, of sales and communication frameworks because we've worked with marketing teams to have them use it to drive content creation throughout the funnel. We use it for pre-call prompters. We use it for creating personas. We use it for internal alignment. I have companies where their executives use it to drive internal alignment because it is a conversational framework that gives you a way to determine where you are and to be consistent, be authentic because it's a prompter. It's not being a script and it allows us to be natural, which are all of the things that we need to do in order to consistently and with focus move the conversations in the direction that we want. Sure, sure. I love that. Um, so uh, let's just recap over some of those things there. And actually, there's a lot in it, but by the sound of it, with your visual, I think that's going to make it a lot clearer because if there's, as you say, there's only really a few steps there. Um, so what I'll do is I'll make sure that, yeah, if you don't mind sharing that, I'll put it on the show notes page, which anybody listening to this right now, you can go and pick up the, the visual that Chad's going to share with us at uh, getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 50. That's where the show notes page is going to be. You can pick up that visual and I'll also put links to Chad uh, there so you can go and chat with him. You say it starts with the contact enrollment. Did I get that right? Yeah. Cause every, so that value prompter, that, that framework I just walked you through, you're going to have a different one of those for every individual because the way they are articulated see value is going to be different, which allows us then to increase the organizational impact that we provide. Yeah. Yeah. And your job at this point is to find the one thing that they're most focused on and then to make that time bound and quantifiable. So, okay. So what is it you're trying to achieve right now? By when do you want to achieve it? And what does that mean to you in real terms? Absolutely. Yeah. We want to, and it needs to be from them, right? It needs to be their words, their language. What has tendencies, a lot of people, you know, we spend all day running our businesses or we spend all day getting trained on the product. And we have a tendency to want to give them the language. But what we ideally want is their language. How do they frame it up? I may refer to it as a integrated marketing stack. They probably don't refer to it. They call it something else. Hey, this is our campaign manager. Okay, well, I need to start using those words, right? Mm -hmm. So using their language back then becomes important. And we want to know what is the time-bound, quantifiable number one thing they're focused on right now in their yeah. words. And there's a really big difference between me saying that you've got a problem and you saying, I've got exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, come on. Anybody listening here ever really had a good day when somebody says or starts out the sentence, Hey, you have a problem. Let me tell you about it. No, it doesn't go well. It's not, it's not a happy day. <laughs> no, no. The thinking is, well, actually you're my problem right yeah, now. So. You are my problem. So get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Um, and then you was talking about getting the problem and the solution of finding the vision match. I thought the, the differentiated, uh, vision was quite interesting. So just talk me through that a little bit again, will you? Yeah. So it's really, it's okay. So we get to the point, we get really good at this. Now this is, this is super simple. The framework is super simple, but it takes a while 
to master. And I've been using it for 17 years. I've been teaching it and, and implementing it in organizations uh, for the last two and a half. Uh, and I still find ways that I can get better because it is so simple and elegant. What it does is it allows us as we evolve throughout our career, our education, whatever, we change. The framework doesn't. And that's the beauty of it, right? So what happens when you talk to somebody, you get really good at this. You just start, hey, what's the number one thing you're focused on? And they'll tell you and they'll give you a list of problems and solutions. But if somebody were actively selling them, that's the same information they could uncover. Because most people will want to talk about their problems and most people usually like to tell you what they want. Yeah. What we have to do inside of the framework using what we call it open probe and confirm questions. We use the probing questions. What we want to do is we want to challenge their thinking. We want to expand the way that they are looking at the problem set or the solution set, but we want to do it in a way that does not introduce friction. So we like to say that questions uncover solutions, statements create friction, right? So statements mm -hmm. can create friction. And, so, and questions can uncover solutions. So what we want to do is simply ask, and, and this is a very, it's a very simple example, but if somebody told me, hey, I'm having all these problems, and they didn't say to me, hey, I've got all of this technology, right, that I know is going to be a problem, but I've been in this space long enough to know that that's probably something they've got, I'm going to have on my pre-call prompter, on my prep sheet, I'm going to have a question that says, are you struggling with multiple platforms across your team? Yeah, yeah, we are actually, yeah. Um, has, you know, let's see. So have you struggled with getting your team trained up to use each of those tools effectively? Yeah. Not only do we have too many, but now, you know, we've got people who don't know how to use them. And if somebody's out sick, our social media stuff goes down because nobody else knows how to use it. Right. So what we're doing is we're helping them clarify, prioritize and expand their view of the problems by getting them to admit they exist. And sometimes the answer to those questions can be no, which is great. That just means it's not important to them. Now we have a problem set that the competition doesn't have. And as we move into asking those solution questions, we want to ask a corresponding solution question. So um, would it be important to you is as we move forward, we demonstrate how we uniquely provide a technology solution that everyone on your team would be able to be up and running on in under 24 hours. Yes, I definitely want to see that. Okay, well, now that has become part of their view of the solution set, solving a problem we uniquely introduced. And then it allows you to then specifically create differentiated value by asking them what is their view of how the business would measure the impact of reducing 10 platforms per person to one. Right? So mm. it becomes this, tri it's almost a triangle. Um, there's other elements that we need and, and other parts of it that we're looking for in, in order to, you know, truly execute the framework. But that process to do it artfully, to do it with purpose, to do it authentically and consistently, that has driven more results for me personally, for my business and for organizations I've worked for and clients that I work for today than, than anything else I've seen. And I'm constantly looking for a better mousetrap. I just haven't found anything that is as simple and, and truly as adoptable as this. Yeah, and I think that this is the thing that we probably need more than a script. Uh, so many people say, well, have a script and then you know what you're going to say. And, um, and we also know what it's like to be on the, on the telephone call and hear somebody sure. read a script. Awful. But I think that when you've got a framework, what that does is it means that you've, you, I suppose you've got the key points in your head and then you can actually have intelligent conversations. Absolutely. And it takes the pressure off you getting the script right. And if you go wrong, well, it doesn't matter because you still know pretty much what you're trying to achieve and then you just go from there. 
Absolutely. It gives you it gives you a goal, right? Remember we talked about mindset and goal. We got to know where we want to go. We not only need to know where we want to go with our business. We not only need to know where we want to go as we're adding products and or features to our own stuff. We need to, we need to know where we want to go even when we're having a conversation. So if you have the curiosity and you walk in and you have the mindset down, you still need a mental map of what is this conversation? How should this ideally unfold? And that's where the value prompter comes in. It allows us to be consistent, does not create scripts. So we all sound like, you know, the Charlie Brown teacher. We don't sound like that. It allows us to all be authentic, but it allows us to ensure the consistency that is so critical in helping to drive the results for the business. Yeah. Yeah. Chad, this is absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing it, my friend. I've got one more question that I want to ask you in a moment, and I'm going to give the heads up on this now so you know what it is. And that's basically, where do people screw up on this? Um, (laughs) Before we do that, I'm sure some people are going to be wanting to to get in touch. I'm definitely going to put your links on the show notes page. But how can people get in touch with you? The easiest way is to hit me up on LinkedIn. You can't miss me. It's just forward slash IN forward slash Chad Sanderson. If If anybody listening to your podcast... Uh, wants to have a conversation, um, I, I'll, I'll be willing to, if you come at me through my email, which is just chad.sanderson at valueselling.com, or you come at me directly through LinkedIn uh, and want to have a conversation, or we end up doing business together, I'll knock 5% off the total uh, engagement cost if we end up doing business. Anybody who wants to talk at any point in time, I'm happy to do it. LinkedIn, email, hell, I'll even give you my phone number, 303-834-5932. Love to have conversations. Anybody is welcome to call anytime. Excellent. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll make sure that we get all the links on the show notes page. And I'll remind you that at the end of the show. But right now, Chad, can you just help us out? I think you know, it's very easy to get these tools and frameworks, uh, but it's also very easy to make mistakes with them as well. So what do you see as the common, maybe one or two mistakes that we can make in applying this approach? The number one thing I see is that people have a tendency to forget that sales and even conversational fluency is a discipline. That it takes practice. That you actually have to do it. Number one. So I, I didn't. I didn't get to where I, I mean. When I first got trained in this, I was oh, it was ugly. I was, I was like a bull in a china shop, right? I, I'd gotten this awesome tool, and I was just knocking shit over left and right. You, you need to practice, right? You need to practice, uh, and it takes time. What whatever it is, everything everything deserves that type of practice. The number. The second thing I see most of the time is that, especially in sales or even well, again, entrepreneur, SMB, enterprise doesn't matter. We have a tendency to hear a problem and think that's what we should be focused on instead of asking why that problem is important to get to the business issue, to get to the true motivator. I think if more people did that, I know in all the deal reviews I do, I would say in over 80, 85% of the time when there's a hole in the deal, it's because we don't know what the time bound quantifiable reason they're doing something is. Yeah, do you know, there's always a piece of gold. There really is always a piece of gold. Like it's, it's been pure, pure gold throughout. But for me, that's been the best bit is that, yeah, we so focus on finding the problem. What we need to do is to find out why that problem is important to someone. So I think, yeah, if you do that, then, you know, that's where the money is. And uh, thank you, Chad. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on. So if you want to follow up with Chad, then do go to our show notes page where you'll be able to download the framework that Chad's mentioned there, there's all the links to his LinkedIn and everything else that we've mentioned there. 
So remember that the only way that you can make this uh, this useful today, hopefully it's been interesting, hopefully it's been interesting, but the only way that you make it useful is by taking action. So have a think about what we talked about today and think, you know, what's the one thing that I can do to actually set this in motion? You know, whether it's that's to grab the framework from the show notes page, which you can pick up at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 50. That's the numerals there, 50. Go and pick up that framework or what would be the other logical step that you could do to get going with this. It only counts if you take action. That really is it from me today. And thank you again to my guest, Chad, for coming on. And we'll be back next week with some more great tips for you to take your business forward and to earn more money. Until then, take care of yourself. Here's to you and your highly successful business. 